This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Sun, don't My Harimai Ki Kelly from the Tron, a weekly free FM radio show and podcast with news, views, events, and music curated for the good people like you living in Kiri Kiri Roa Hamilton. Kotera Meri Tenera Titakoma Iwa or Hui Tanguru. Dr. Gurav Sharma was elected to the first, uh, as a first term Labour MP for the Hamilton West electorate in the 2020 election. Born in the Himalayas, growing up in Auckland, or Tamaki Makoto, he completed a Bachelor of Medicine and Surgery at the University of Auckland Medical School and also had a Master's in Business Administration from the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., where he was a Fulbright Scholar. Before the election, he was working as a GP in Norton and lives in Frankton, very local. On February the 9th, he gave his maiden speech in Parliament. Typically, MPs talk for 15 minutes about their hopes and aspirations for their time in Parliament, and it tends to be more personal by way of sharing what led them to where they are now. Dr Gaurav Sharma joins us now to talk about those hopes and aspirations in his first term. Kia ora ehoa. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, before we start, I just wonder if you could just give us quick three issues front of mind that you will prioritise this term before we talk about things in a little bit more depth. Um, sure. So, I mean, um, you know, as you've talked about my background in healthcare, uh, my biggest thing um, that I want to focus on is um, healthcare access uh, for our community. Uh, so that would be number one. Um, housing is another one, and I've always, uh, in the last uh, few months, said, you know, housing is our biggest challenge at the moment uh, for our community. Uh, and then the third is um, transport. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, we will be talking about uh, some of those in a bit more depth now. Now, in your maiden speech, you highlighted the inequality that exists here in Kirikiriroa and within Hamilton West, your electorate itself. So what are the ways in which Labour can make meaningful difference for those struggling right now? And as you mentioned housing, um, a new study released this morning shows a quarter of renters who left their homes did so because their landlord forced them to. So what's Labour doing right now or what will you work on in this term uh, to address that? Um, yes, so as I mentioned in my speech, uh, working in Norton, uh, working in the community as a GP, um, you know, I saw quite a bit of uh, inequity um, that does exist in our communities. Um, obviously, uh, you know, certain communities are being affected more than other communities. Uh, our biggest trouble at the moment, for example, seems to be that um, people don't have, have enough appointments uh, for their GPs. Um, there's not enough appointments in hospitals, people having to wait in lines. Uh, for a longer period, uh, but it's definitely worse for people on lower incomes because if they're working um, two jobs, three jobs, and having trouble meeting their ends meet, then they can't wait for six hours or eight hours mm. uh, to get their child checked up uh, at Anglesey uh, in the evening. So what I'm what I've been saying is that people uh, try to avoid going to see their doctor 
uh, or they go there and sit for two hours and then they come back because they've got to go back to the next job. Uh, and that leads to worse outcomes for their kids, uh, for themselves. Uh, and then what happens is three weeks later, they're much more sicker uh, than they would have been if they did have a better access to, to health care. Um, in terms of uh, holding uh, our health system accountable, I was recently on the Health Select Committee uh, questioning the, the Waikato DHB um, board as well as CEO. Uh, and the two questions that I did raise, uh, one was around access to after-hours care and primary care. As I said, one of uh, uh, the big issues that come, comes up in my sort of interaction with the community and all the emails I get is around um, that after-hours care and primary care. Uh, and then the second one was around um, immunization uh, and vaccination for our uh, specific communities around Maori, Pacific, and hard-to-reach communities. Um, Waikato DHP already, for example, has um, lower uh, access to Maori Pacific uh, populations getting immunized. Uh, but my concern now is what, what happens um, with the COVID vaccine coming along? How do we reach these communities? Um, so the first question, first thing is, I think, uh, is to actually question the system, the way it is set up now, question the outcomes, the way it is um, set up now. Uh, and if you look at specifically just talking about healthcare, um, our, um, one of our biggest changes that's coming now is uh, with the recommendations made by Heather Simpson report, uh, that the health minister is looking at, and we've had quite a few robust discussions now on uh, what the healthcare system would look like down the road. Uh, and that change should, uh, in, in itself, um, address some of these uh, issues we have had with health inequity. Uh, one of them is um, obviously having a Maori health authority, which I think is, is a, a, a big move, uh, which because it gives... Um, uh, a platform or an organization to hold, uh, you know, government agencies accountable uh, on why Maori population has worse health outcomes. Um, so that is one step. Uh, in terms of housing, uh, we uh, recently oh, released... Sorry, um, before uh, we jump in, sorry um, to interrupt. Yeah, before sorry. we jump into housing, just on health. So what you're saying is we've yeah. seen that there's an, um, inequities in accessing that primary and after-hours health care, so that's something that you are looking at. Also looking at... Um, worst outcomes for Māori and Pacifica, why that is, and um, the belief that a Māori health authority might help to um, to address some of those inequities. And the Heather Simpson report, um, my understanding, <laughs> very limited that it is, is that that could perhaps look at the um, DHBs being, um, uh, I don't know if run is the right word, uh, maybe governed differently um, and so that we might not have the postcode discrepancies that we currently see with some um, regions have good resourcing and others don't. Is, is that so we were looking for health? That's right, yes. And uh, um, I mean, we, the discussions on, on that Heather Simpson report are still ongoing, but um, all I'm allowed to say is that, you know, it will be quite major changes. Uh, and this is a good time to address some of those, um, you know, inequities that are uh, ingrained in the system. Um, so part of that is obviously having a Maori Health Authority uh, to hold more organisations accountable. Uh, but some other changes, which I can't talk about now, uh, but which we will see uh, once things are put in place. Okay, so at the moment, the Wakato DHB is currently under a commissioner. Um, there was obviously uh, no confidence in the uh, governing body at the time. Do we have any sense of when that might go back, or even if it will go back to um, a board? 
yes. Um, so, um, you know, Dame Karen has been the commissioner and she's been doing a really good job. Um, as part of our health select committee, we did an annual review with them uh, earlier this week. Um, and, and the video is available for anybody who wants to go on to that one hour for review with them. Um, I think they've done a good job. You know, the, the DHB, where it was when uh, former health minister David Clark um, had to um, appoint a commissioner, uh, it is turning around slowly. Um, in terms of when um, the commissioner will go, I think, uh, again, that is all sort of uh, in the scheme of yeah. uh, what the Heather Simpson review implementation looks like. Okay. Um, so it will be guided by that uh, more than anything else. So uh, on to housing, where would the pressure points be uh, as you see them for the next term? Um, so, uh, I mean, look, I just bought my first house last year uh, and uh, I understand the challenges of just finding a house for uh, a person who is on a, uh, you know, a decent income just trying to find uh, buy a house in Hamilton. Now, to that, you add people who are already struggling uh, to make ends meet. How do they have that access? And uh, part of that um, housing crisis is also related to transport because the way I see it is having a better transport uh, uh, corridor between Auckland, Hamilton, and then going down south open, frees up a lot of um, that commute for people. So instead of everybody having to buy a house in Hamilton, you could be buying a house in Narawaya, you could be buying a house in Huntley, um, you could be living in Morrinsville. Um, so, so housing and transport in that way are very linked together. Uh, at the moment, we've uh, released a new plan uh, on public housing, and uh, Hamilton uh, is going to benefit from that. Um, where we've um, with eight thousand public houses coming uh, out by twenty twenty four. Okay, we've had announcements about housing uh, being built before, and it, they don't really um, happen. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah. what are ways that the community can help to support? those things actually eventuating? Well, um, I think the, the biggest thing that will be coming up is the RMA reform that David Parker has, uh, you know, uh, taken the lead on. Uh, and that's where I think it will be important for us to be able to give feedback as a community. Uh, because for a long time, we've all agreed that there are issues with RMA and how our land is used. Um, sitting on a plane from Wellington to Hamilton every week, all I see is just empty land. And it's, it's amazing that, you know, despite having... Uh, one of the least populated countries, uh, we are struggling with the housing crisis. So part of that is just having that RMA reform done in a way which um, makes sense for our communities. And, and that's the part where a lot of, um, you know, everyday person um, can put in their um, submissions and advises what works for them and what hasn't worked for them in fact. But to imply that freeing up land will um, solve the housing crisis ignores the fact that it would then become an environmental issue in some points. Some areas aren't suitable for housing developments. We've got um, the Protect Pukiahua campaign uh, south of Naru Awahia, which is looking yeah. at um, any time we do developments, they could potentially be on uh, Wahitapu or sacred land for Māori. No, definitely. And that's why, you know, that RMA reform um, needs to have that um, environmental uh, uh, artifact built into it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to build in a non-sustainable way, in an unsustainable way. We do have to, however, uh, free up land so we can build more houses, because that is one of the bigger problems we are discussing with councils, uh, is that the RMA restricts them from, you know, moving out and also uh, moving up in some places. Mm. But I do agree, you know, uh, Manafinwa needs to be part of it uh, and we need to be environmentally conscious as well.
Uh, but that's all part of that RMA reform, and that's where you know people need to fit in uh, what they want to see as part of the big change. Yeah, they did. They did seem across the board agreement that the RMA did need to be scrapped, and that um, introducing, I think it's three new acts. Was that correct? Would be a better way that's of right. managing and that. That's right. And you know, one thing I do say is uh, sometimes when everybody agrees on uh, something, that's not always the easy thing. Uh, because what that means is, you know, people across uh, across the board have different uh, ideas of what the the new RMA should look like. Mm. Um, so yes, we all agree it doesn't work at the moment. But then, how do we bring everybody um, on on the same planet and and make sure that it works for everyone? Uh, because everyone will have different interpretation of what it should look like. Mm. Now, most of the conversation I've had with uh, politicians over the last four years has been with our um, Hamilton City councillors. Um, and and the mayor and often uh, what they're saying is that the central government probably is expecting a lot of our uh, local councils but not uh, giving as much back so putting a lot of restrictions on them and expectations without the the resources or the putia to uh, to back that up so are there conversations happening at the moment for central government to support Hamilton City Council if they are to develop uh, greenfields I guess I'm particularly thinking about Peacock Yes, and uh, I mean, uh, Mayor Paula Southgate was uh, in Wellington last week uh, before we had alert level changes, uh, and I hosted her there. And we um, we met up with uh, ministers. You know, we met up with Michael Good, and we were talking about how local government and central government can work together. Uh, and part of the conversation is making that access uh, easier for our city councillors and for our mayors, so they can go to the ministers with their concerns and and, and the things they want. Um, to be invested in. Um, uh, as part of that uh, conversation, we, we're uh, getting Michael Wood to come down to Hamilton and see all the good work that um, you know we are doing together, working together. So that's Ruakura uh, Inland Port, where mm-hmm. central government has invested, but so has the um, city council, and what that would look like uh, in the next few years. Um, so getting the minister to come and have a look at that, um, to have a look at our um, ride-sharing services with Loop, yeah. Um, so those are things you know we're trying to work together on and getting more investment from the central government, but at the same time making sure that the local government um, has a lot more say in it um, as well. We have talked about health, housing and transport, which uh, you said to be your three priorities for this term. I'm sure there would be many others, but that's just three. I put you on the spot there. Um, in your maiden speech, you also brought up uh, racism in Aotearoa, which we all know is prevalent. It is, it is an, uh, a serious issue. Um, and I know that you've had experience um, with your MBA. It, uh, I guess, allowed you to be able to think about systemic change as a way to make the changes that we need. Uh, in Aotearoa. So how can you apply that to institutional racism? And I guess there I think about things like oranga uh, oranga tamariki or health or justice. So that uh, institutional racism, how can you as an MP, um, I guess, influence that? Um, So yeah, so uh, I mean, when I mentioned in my maiden speech, uh, what I talked about was, um, you know, when I was working as a a doctor, I was only able to, I felt that I was only helping people one-to-one. Um, and I realized there were significant gaps in my knowledge on um, how do you set up organizations, how do you hire the right people, um, where do you get the funding from, because you never really learn any of that in medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what led me to do an MBA. Now, talking about racism, uh, you know, I've talked about bullying, I've talked about racism as part of the medical system. Uh, I, I talked a lot about it as a doctor, but, um, you know, we were just talking before about health inequities. 
Uh, and a lot of that has to do with just the way the system is set up. Um, so, for example, in primary care, having more um, you know providers which uh, are more culturally sensitive towards uh, Maori population uh, make a huge impact. We already see that uh, in PHOs and practices where they practice that. Uh, but how do we ingrain that into the system so that uh, a general practice in Hamilton uh, would get the same resources uh, for our Maori population as a general practice in Gisborne. Um, so those are the sort of things. And that's why I think that Heather Simpson um, review and the changes that come from it uh, is a big uh, moment for us to really uh, have that massive change. Because having a Maori Health Authority, um, which can, um, you know, hopefully commission things or, um, you know, measure outcomes for our Maori population, uh, is a big step. Um, so those are the sort of things. Uh, so I think uh, from my own MBA, you know, it was a lot about how do you set up systems uh, and what we're seeing now with both the RMA, uh, what we're seeing with the, uh, the um, Health Simpson report, uh, it is now a time where we're setting up basically a new system uh, from scratch. Um, so this is where you build in um, those things that prevent those inequities. Mm. I should also make it very clear I'm not expecting you to make all of the changes in three years that have taken 180 years for us to get to uh, so do we want to acknowledge that um, as well um, so what would you like um, I guess not just to Hamilton West uh, residents but uh, everybody in Kirikiriro to know about you and uh, I guess what you bring um, to, um, to us as an MP um, so, uh, as I mentioned in my speech, you know, as uh, is sort of uh, a little bit known that I am a medical doctor, uh, and as I said, you know, to my patients, and when I say my patients, I mean everybody in the community. I worked in a large practice. Um, the reason I took up medicine was, uh, sorry, the reason I took up politics was because I believed um, that uh, politicians uh, lacked that knowledge uh, of the medical sphere of the healthcare, mm-hmm. um, you know, background, and they weren't able to represent us. Um, as well as uh, somebody from the healthcare field would be able to. Um, so now that I have been elected, um, you know, I want to hear from people. I want to um, to represent them. Um, I've already heard from people, uh, you know, about changes um, they would like for PharmAct, um, changes they would like with the Heather Simpson report, changes uh, coming with the Murray Health Authority. Um, so my biggest thing is, uh, you know, providing more um, easy access to healthcare for everyone in Hamilton and the rest of the country. Uh, and part of that um, I was going to mention is also I've just recently been appointed as the co-chair of uh, the Parliamentary Champions for Accessibility Legislation as well. Uh, and that, again, uh, is another platform uh, for me to vouch for people um, so that we have more uh, disability-friendly um, laws in Parliament. Um, yeah. And how is, what is the best way for people to give feedback to you? I'm presuming not letters to the editor. Right, uh, we have had um, somebody write uh, to the editor. Um, the best thing is to, to send me an email, uh, parliament.govt.nz. Um, we do get people, you know, messaging us on a Facebook page. Some people call me, some people text me. Uh, but the best way is just to email us because um, that way we can keep track of all the correspondence we get, and we do get hundreds of uh, messages. Mm. Uh, I do read uh, all of them, but it's not, uh, you can't reply to each and every one of them, but we do prioritize the ones where people need help uh, or they've got something, uh, you know, that is uh, very urgent that needs to be dealt with. 
Okay, and so at this stage you don't currently have an electorate office, but when you do, um, people may have access to you via that way as well, if they're not social that's media right. savvy and or computer savvy. That's right, and you know that's uh, been a bit of our frustration. We've looked at 25 plus offices. Uh, the trouble is just uh, finding one that fits our budget uh, and also uh, is easier access uh, for people with you know who don't own a car, so they mm. can take a bus there. Um, but also disability friendly because one of the um, feedback we got was that um, the other um, three electorate offices that other MPs have had in the uh, in the region are all not disability friendly. So they're all on the second or third floor of the building and they don't have elevators. Yeah. Um, so we just want to make sure that all people can get access to us. So we're still hopeful. Uh, we we have shortlisted two places and hopefully we'll have something in the next few weeks. Awesome. And so, of course, in the meantime, you can also follow him if you are on social media, on Facebook, uh, for updates um, and any opportunities that may present um, to, to meet with him in person here in Kirikiridua. Um Dr. Gurov Sharma, thank you so much for your time this morning and talking with us about house, uh, housing and health and transport and, of course, uh, Kirikiridua. So I appreciate your time this morning and we'll be in touch again shortly. Thank you so much, uh, Kelly. One more thing I was going to say is I also go to Franklin Markets uh, quite often, and awesome. we do have clinics uh, in Norton as well as in Glenview as well, so at the community centres. So we do post about them regularly. So if you want to come and see us there, we can meet there face to face. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Dr. Gurav Sharma. He's the Hamilton West uh, MP uh, for Labour Party. Um, and yes, keep an eye on what um, he's up to. Certainly great to see his progress so far. It's just been a few months uh, and a lot of that is in uh, induction. But you can also see that he's all, uh, in the right places and um, we hope to see some progress and that are reducing health inequity in particular. Now, last week on this podcast, I spoke to Jennifer Nicholl. She's the Wakata Regional Councillor who joined us to talk about climate action at the Wakata Regional Council. You can listen to that on your favourite podcast platform as you can this interview um, in about half an hour's time. Now, earlier this week, I was in the Wakata Regional Council Chamber presenting a petition on behalf of Go Eco and 350 Aotearoa calling for the council to divest from fossil fuels and adopt a reasonable, uh, responsible and ethical investment policy. And the good news is that they are well on their way to that. And so I'll be back in there uh, during the long-term planning to ensure that they continue that progress. But kia ora, uh, moto tōtaku. Thank you for being uh, tuned in. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to share your thoughts on anything discussed today or want to let me know about new music or events, get in touch via Kelly from the Tron on social media or go to kellyfromthetron.co.nz. Mihi to Free FM for providing a platform for independent community media. Tui nā reo o te hapore. And I am leaving you now with a song uh, from Muroki, who's a singer, instrumentalist and producer from, uh, from Whaingaroa Raglan. Uh, he signed with Benny's record label Olive last year and released a new single in December called Light Me Up, which I hope you enjoy. Until next, next week, Matewa. You've been chasing me down, I know. Every time I'm low. Give me your affection, friend. Give me your affection. You've been pulling me from below. Every time I'm low.
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.